In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. First, welcome to all of you who are coming for the first time. Some of you from uh, my old church in uh, St. John, Covina. Welcome to South Orange County. I hope to see you often. Today is the third Sunday of the Blessed Month of Abib. And uh, as I've been bringing you through this month, I've been bringing you through uh, the different. I've been bringing you through the different themes, um, or the theme of the month through the weeks. First week, I, I asked. Uh, one of the main things I said is that we have to remember what what's being said. I actually came across this old notebook of mine from college, uh, and I have a sermon here from the third Sunday of Abib, which is today. So I looked at it. And I remembered uh, what was said during that third Sunday, and it was a nice memory of mine. It helped me to, during the time to concentrate. It's not a bad thing to have uh, something to write something down with during, your, uh, during the sermons. The second week we spoke, we spoke about being like little children, and of course we're focusing our attention on the work of the apostles and how Christ shaped the apostles and also is shaping the church. The, the apostles are synonymous for the church. What the, what the apostles did, we are supposed to continue to do in the church. Now, in this miracle of the healing, of, or sorry, of the feeding of the 5,000, it is the gospel that we read during the ninth hour of the Agbeya. And during the ninth hour of the Agbeya, when we read this particular gospel, usually, if you think about it, during Great Lent, the ninth hour is when we break fast and we eat. But also during Great Lent, it's the time that we take communion. And the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is directly connected with liturgy, what we do here, uh, in a spiritual way. It's not the same physical fish and loaves, but it is spiritual. And it's very important for us to see what Christ is teaching the disciples because he's not teaching them to do miracles and feed the 5,000. And he's not teaching us to do miracles and feed the 5,000. But he's teaching us something very specific about life in the church. <coughs> and the gospel is different from life in the world. What we do in church, what he teaches, is different from what is done out there and what is taught out there. He is, his message, Christ's message, is a protest is standing up against the values of the world. If we go to last night's Gospel, if you were able to attend Vespers, also taken from the Gospel uh, of St. Luke, chapter 14, from verses 7 to 15, he says, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. That seems like normal business to me, right? You invite your friends over and they invite you back. And if you keep inviting, you know, whoever over your house one time, two times, three times, and then he never invites you over back to his house, you sometimes, you, you'll, you'll be offended. You say, well, why doesn't he invite us over there? We're always inviting him, we're always hosting. Why doesn't somebody else host? But Christ is saying, no, no, that's not, how we, um, that's not how we make friends, and that's not the point of friends. He says, when you give a feast, invite the poor, 
the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So there's a difference in the way we're supposed to have relationships with people. We don't have relationships with people out of what I can get out of it. We have relationships with people because this is how we are a community together. We love those who cannot love us back in the same way. We give to those who cannot give back to us in the same way. And St. John, when, we talk, when he talks about the poor, St. John Chrysostom, he says the mouth of God equals the mouth of the poor. Give to the poor and you are giving to God. And, Saint, and God said this to us as well. Christ said this to us as well. I, I, was, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. And then when we, today I was thinking about it, when we read the sixth hour gospel, the Beatitudes, it's again a turning over of what society thought was blessed. For a Jew at the time of Jesus Christ, it was, you were blessed if you were wealthy. You were blessed, God had blessed you. If you had money, God had blessed you. It was an obvious sign that God blessed you. But Jesus saying, that's not a sign of blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, or the lowly, or the humble. Right? All of these people are blessed, not what we think are blessed in this world. St. Paul in the Pauline epistle, when he was writing to Timothy, he says, um, godliness and content, he says, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. How many of us are just content with food and clothing? Right? Or what are we content with? And what does the world want you to be content with? And we'll talk about the world in a second. And then, one of the first lessons I think we can take from this gospel is that when the disciples said, send the multitudes away, they were thinking with a worldly mentality. They were thinking with the economics of this world, with the capitalism of this world. Look, obviously this is something that's too big for us to handle. Let's let this be somebody else's problem. Right? Let this put, let's put this responsibility of them being fed back on them. They should have the money to take care of themselves. They should have the, 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 you know, the foresight to, to bring a sandwich along with them. You know, we brought five loaves and two fish, and that's you know, pretty much what we can handle for ourselves. But these other people, let them take care of themselves. That's essentially uh, how we would think about this. And we're going to say that Christ, his first thing is he advocates for people. He advocates for people first that don't have a voice, and he advocates for people that are in need. He advocates for people that um, uh, obviously need help in this situation. Our highest aim in life or I could say the goal of, of all of us. And I'm, I'm part of it too. I'm part of the problem. The goal is that we have a life without suffering. 
We want the simplest, easiest life. Right? I want a life where I don't have to deal with, with problems. I don't want to have to deal with other people's problems. And so I disconnect myself from think people that are a little bit too needy in my life. I disconnect my people, uh, myself from people who have a lot of wants. But Christ intercedes and advocates for this group and he says, you give them something to eat. Not I'm going to give them something to eat. You, you do this. This is your responsibility. You give them something to eat. And with that, he begins to change how we think about the economy, how we think about the market, how we think about what we do with our possessions, what we do with our materials. Then they snap into uh, kind of they, they, into attention, and they say, "Okay, all we got are these five loaves and two fish." Now, outside in the world, what you have is yours, and what you have is for your needs, your necessities. What you make in this world, you make to take care of yourself and to take care of your family. But what Christ is 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 changing here is no, let's. Give it for the betterment of everybody else and see what God is able to do with this. And by the way, what we do in liturgy is exactly this. What we do in liturgy is exactly this. We come with, not fish, but with bread. And this bread wasn't brought by one person, it was brought by all of you. And this bread that was brought by by all of you is given to God so that He can give it back to us. And then you know what? We recognize that bread wasn't really ours to begin with. God is the one who gave that bread to us to begin with. So we're giving back to God what He gave to us to, in, in the first place. We offer, we say to you, we offer unto you your gifts from what is yours. This is one of the most important lines in the liturgy. We say we offer unto you your gifts. These, the wine, comes from the grapes. And the water that comes from a crea- the beginning of creation. And the bread. This is what you gave us. We're giving it back to you. And this is what he's teaching the disciples in this miracle. He's teaching the disciples, don't think like the world where you hoard everything. This is mine. Right? You know that story? Uh, it's told by... Um, I don't know if it was, if it was told by uh, Tolstoy or, or if it was to- told by... Uh, uh, Dostoevsky, but there's this story of this old woman who dies and is placed in in uh, in hellfire. Yeah, you know this story because I tell you this story all the time. So she's placed in the hellfire, and she says, "No, no, no. There's got to be something wrong." So she sees an angel coming by, and she says, "It's it's it, there's got to be some mistake. I don't deserve to be in hell." And he said, okay, well, let me look. And the angel doesn't find her name. He said, I'm sorry, you never did anything for anyone. She said, no, surely I did something for somebody, at least one, one person. And he said, okay, oh, yes, there was this onion that you gave to somebody once. And, and, and he says to her, with this onion, I will pull you out of hellfire. So she grabs onto the onion and she's being pulled out, and everybody around her is seeing her being pulled out. So they start to grab onto her, and they want to get pulled out with her. And she says, get off! What are you doing? This onion, it's mine! It says, when she said it was mine, the onion snapped. 
and she went back into the fire of hell. Mine is a dangerous word. We are stewards of what God has given to us. And as stewards, we give it all back to Him, not saying any of it is mine. St. Clement of Alexandria said, we should receive money and we should not lose, but it should come to us and go away from us with the same expression. When we get money, we're very overjoyed. When we lose money, we're very saddened. But he said, no. This is given to you for your daily needs. And if you look today in society, not only do people who live maximum 100 years, I don't think an Egyptian's ever lived 100 years, but not with our diet. But we, we live, you know, we live close. But, so, but we have money that could last hundreds of years. And even if we say we're going to save this money for our children, is giving money to our children the best thing? Or is giving them the ability to make money, the ability to work, giving them uh, the ability to make a living? Right? This idea of money has to change, not what, like what the world says. But we need more of like a manna economy. Manna in the Old Testament. When they collected manna, if anyone collected too much and it stayed over to the next day, what happened? It rotted. It rotted and worms were in it. And whoever collected not enough for the day, it was enough for the day. That from the day to day, God sustains us and God takes care of us. And, and Christ is teaching us not only to advocate and not only to change the way we look at our materials, what we own, He's teaching us about giving in a way that's wasteful. Giving in a way that's wasteful. Wasteful how? At the end, 12 baskets of fragments were left over. Christ is God. And Christ as God knew how many mouths there were needed to fill. He could have made it so that it was exactly the right amount instead of there being leftover fragments. And the people who ate did not take those fragments with them thinking, you know, I got to go tomorrow or there's a long distance that I have to to walk back to my home. So I'm going to take these leftovers, this doggy bag with me. No. The idea was what was given was given in a wasteful manner. And a lot of times I think this point is missed on us. I, I missed this point. I went... In that one memorial trip that I always repeat and talk about to Sohag, Egypt. We went at 10 a.m. After church was finished, we went to go visit a church. We go to the church. They have lunch prepared for us with this fine, you know, uh, china and all this nice stuff in a village. Right? We're in a village in Egypt, in Upper Egypt. And we eat lunch and we're happy because we had just came. Then we go... And we tour the church and we see their services. And afterwards, we're getting on the bus. They say, wait, 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 wait. You have to eat another, something else before you leave. So we said, we, we just ate literally about an hour ago, an hour and a half. Okay, we'll do our best to have something small. Right? And so we, we, do some, we eat something small and we're turning to go out. And they say, wait, wait, wait. Upstairs is a great view of the entire village. Let's go to the roof. We go to the roof. And there's more food. All, like, tables of fruits that aren't just placed there, but they're already cut up. You know, if you don't eat a cut-up banana, it goes bad. So you feel bad 
or a cut of uh, uh, apple, and you think, this is so wasteful. We just ate three times in, in the span of two hours. This is our third time eating. But this was the mentality of giving. And this mentality of giving, it's not a waste at all. It's a sacrifice. And this is also an important way that we give. When you, in the olden days before Jesus Christ, when you sacrificed to a God, you destroyed what you were giving to Him. You know, you, you poured out wine, it was called the libation, onto the ground. You gave your first fruit, like Abel and Cain. Well, Cain didn't do it so well, but Abel gave his first fruit to God. It was a sacrifice, not to be consumed by anyone, but by God. And there's another nice story about Moses. It's from the, it's from the um, not from the Bible, but from the tradition of the Jews, that Moses came upon a shepherd one day, and the shepherd used to give a, um, a, a bowl of milk. He says, I give a bowl of milk to God. I put it out there in the morning, or at night, and I come back in the morning, and it's done. And Moses is like, God doesn't drink. God doesn't need your milk. And he said, let me show you. So they put the milk out and they, they stood a ways off and they hid and they watched and they saw a little coyote come out, drink the milk and go back. And Moses was like, see, I told you God doesn't drink your milk. And, the, and then the shepherd went away very sad. And then God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, what did you do? He said, what? I was just explaining to this person that, that you know, you don't drink milk. He said, that man gave me from his sheep, from his, his flock. And I shared it with the, with the coyote. It wasn't a waste what he was doing. I received it and I gave it to somebody else. So when we give, not only do we give, but we give in a way that we don't want to embarrass the person to whom we're giving. But we give in a way that even sometimes seems wasteful. Because this is, this is what God has given us our materials and, our, and, and all that we own is not for our service or the service of our children, but for the service of His holy name. There's a lot more, many more stories that I'm sure I'll be able to have time and tell you over the next couple of sermons, but how being wasteful in our materials to God, God blesses and returns and takes care of us and gives us what is necessary for the day. Do not think about tomorrow and the problems of tomorrow sufficient for today. Sufficient for the, uh, today and today's problems. Today is sufficient. The problems of today are sufficient for today. I'm, I'm messing up the, the, the verse, but you know from, from the Sermon on the Mount, just think about today. Just focus on today. And, and, and in your bank account and, 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 and those that have money invested in, in, in the stock markets and everything, Think about it in terms of today, only today. Don't think about making money. Don't think about buying lotto tickets. Don't think about all this stuff. You know, it's, it's not worth it. If you were to buy a lotto ticket and win $100 million and come to me and say, I want to give you a tenth of that, I'm going to say, no. God doesn't want something that came to you without, without effort, without, without energy. We don't need money. We need you. We need the gifts that come to you. And we need... Uh, the, hard, the, the fruit of, the, of your hands the fruit of your labor we don't need money God can send us money anytime, anywhere what we need is, is what you have done and when we give it to God this is the great miracle when we give it to God He blesses it and gives it back to us in a way that we never expected 
Right? You give five loaves and two fish, you, you expect to get five loaves and two fish back. We give a piece of bread and a cup of wine to God, but what He gives back to us is His life. He fills it with His life. And one drop, St. Gregory of Nazianzus, he says, one drop from this cup or one drop of blood from Christ recreates the whole world. This is what He gives to us. And He gives graciously. And He gives uh, lovingly in a way that what you gave to us, yes, it was small, but what I give to you, I accept your gift and I give it back to you. And by the way, membership in the church, not just at, at a parish, but how you defined yourself as a member of the church was to be part of what was offered. That's why we even give on, on behalf of those who have died. Or we give on behalf of those who are sick that cannot come. We give an offering on their, because we're all one church and one body. Now this is a little bit complicated because I'm not talking about uh, you have to pay. And I'm not talking about um, maybe some of the practices in the Roman Catholic Church that got them in trouble with indulgences and, and, and so on and so forth. What I'm talking about is that all of us contribute to this piece of bread and this cup, to the electricity bill, to the water that we use, to the, 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 the vessels and the, and the coverings of the altar, the books. Everyone contributes when we, when we, excuse me, when we give money to the church. But it's not because we need the money, but it's so that you define yourself as, I'm a member of the church. And of course, it doesn't have to be here. You can you know, give to another parish and whatnot, and that's fine. But you give, not because God is demanding this, but because I want to be a part of it. And in the early church, the, it said the orphans who couldn't afford anything would come to church with water, because it was free. So they would bring the water that was free, but everyone had to bring something. And when you bring something, you're part of the whole offering. And when you're part of the whole offering, what you give, God gives back to you, not in the same measure, in a greater measure. Hundredfold. Hundredfold, or even thirtyfold, or sixtyfold. All of this is for you. And so this is why this miracle is very important. It's not about God did some sort of a trick where he took five loaves and, 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 and two fish and he fed 5,000 and glory be to God. No, no, no. He's trying to change the way we look at ourselves and look at our brothers and our sisters around us, look at those who are in need, look at our responsibility to those who are in need. I can't just cut myself off. I can't just say, I, have, I don't want this responsibility. Let somebody else take that responsibility. There are people in your lives that are placed right in front of you that we have to think deeply, how does God want me to work in this situation? How can my money be a steward? Uh, how can I be a good steward of the resources that He has given to me? May God give us wisdom to know how to use our wealth and our resources. And may God give us the spirit in this church, the spirit that He gave to the apostles of sharing with one another, of giving to Him, and of course of receiving this blessing. May God guide us by His Holy Spirit to know how we are to use our resources, our wealth, and our values, our valuables to the glory of His holy name. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and every age of all ages. Amen. Amen.